On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I discuss what's going on around the NBA in the conference finals and a participant in the NBA finals and what it means for the Philadelphia 76ers. Do you view them differently with the way things are playing out? We'll get into it next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter promo code locked on NBA, they will throw in a free custom. Look at this. Bird Dogs yeti style tumbler with every order so make sure you guys get in there and get the bird dogs tumbler welcome you're locked on 76ers i'm divine givens from 97 father fanatic radio in philadelphia alongside my co-host and partner keith pompey from the inquire.com sixers beat writer extraordinaire 10 years in the books for keith covering this team what's up keith what's popping d how you been bro oh man the playoffs still rolling along little frustrating watching because of what we thought the 76ers could be in terms of taking advantage of an opportunity. We'll get into that next here on Locked On 76ers. But first, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube on Locked On 76ers. Real fast, before we get into that, you ask how I'm doing. I got to tell you, I got to be honest, my allergies are killing me. <laughs> That's the problem. What you allergic to? Uh, all the pollen, of course, that, that's out there. Freshly cut grass, uh, that gets me every time. When the season starts to change and all, uh, when I when I first wake up, no matter when I take my allergy pills, my medicine, mm -hmm. that it just gets me, man. So my eyes get a little... I if you see me in, on, on the YouTube and I'm just rubbing my eyes or my nose, it's, uh, yes, the allergies. They, they got me this morning. Man, you could tell you grew up in the city. Because if not, your parents would have to move you back in the city with that freshly cut grass. Yeah, I, I mean, we had my my folks live in Williamstown, New Jersey. So we had a lot of land out there. I go out there on the weekends and a lot in the summer and all. Uh, my, my people still live, actually live out there. And yeah, I, I couldn't I could cut the grass sometimes, but I can only do it in certain spurts and had to go in the house because that would be. Yeah. Be so you mean your people, what, you got cousins out there? Yeah, my aunt, uh, my cousins. Yeah. Still live out in Williamstown. Yeah okay all right yeah 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 we got folks all over got folks yeah. all over man so yeah spent a lot of time in williamstown in the summer black horse pike all yeah. that stuff man and uh running around williamstown high school Route 42 yeah right off of Route 42 absolutely mm -hmm. yep no question about it well listen man uh let's get into we got to get into what's going on with this basketball team talk about we can talk about a little bit of what's happening with the team with some free agents later on that are currently on the roster that we will find out if it makes sense to bring them back. We need to talk about Tyrese Maxey as well, because it's the James Harden piece that we spoke about on the Tuesday episode, uh, but also what Keith wrote last Friday, if James Harden were to exit Philadelphia and go back to Houston or go elsewhere, what does that mean for Tyrese Maxey and his role? Could it accelerate into a point guard position for this team? And can he do it? And that's going to be a big piece of that. But first, we need to talk about, Keith, what's going on in the NBA currently with the Final Four. It's now down to Final Three because in the Western Conference, 
Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and that Denver Nuggets team advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time in their franchise's history. They swept the Los Angeles Lakers. Impressive fashion, by the way, trailing by double digits in game four, coming back, staying composed, staying under pressure, and winning that game. They did a tremendous job. Nikola Jokic, the Urban Magic Johnson Award winner for the Western Conference Finals as they await now the winner of the East, where Miami was up 3-0 in their series, Keith, and they lost game four on their home floor. Boston blew them out, heads back to Boston for game number five, so Boston's still alive, but Miami has done a heck of a job so far being up 3-0 on the former Eastern Conference champions as of right now because we don't know how things are going to go. But with all of that, there are parallels to the Sixers. There are things there with the Sixers that, number one, if Miami is playing this way against Boston, did Philadelphia blow a golden opportunity against this team to face off against the eighth seed? Just because they're 3-0 on the Boston Celtics doesn't mean they would be 3-0 on the Sixers. It might be 2-1 uh, going into the game. It might be 2-2 after four games. Uh, could be 3-0 Sixers. Who knows? But the opportunity, again, a golden opportunity. And then looking at the matchup, Keith, where it looked like once the Sixers had a real chance of beating Boston, that, hey, man, you look at the West, sure, they may be better than any team in the West, but a matchup with the Denver Nuggets in the finals would be fantastic with the two best players over the last two years as far as the MVP goes. The matchup that head-to-head -head would be for Embiid and Jokic, and B got the better Jokic here in Philadelphia in that one game. He missed the second one. Now we get to really see and bragging rights and all that stuff. Keith, when you look, do you look differently at the Sixers now that Miami has played the way that they did against Boston and how good Denver looked against the Lakers? Do you view the Sixers differently with the exit that they had, or do you look at them in terms of favorably, or do you look at them still with some disgust because of how things have played out with these two Eastern Conference and Western Conference series? You know, uh, more more so, I think it's still kind of like I'm. My focus has primarily been on the Eastern Conference series, and when I look at it, you know, I'm looking at like the weaknesses that the Sixers had that held them back. Like, for instance, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Well, Jason Tatum for most of the series just struggled, was just missing shots, but then against the Sixers, and then. Jalen Brown was able to get the shots he wanted, and then they Jason Tatum started gunning. But I'm looking at like the biggest weakness on the 76ers team was perimeter defense, right? You look at Miami, that's like a strength, right? So they like holding guys in check. You seeing how the physicality is and the toughness that they have, and you look at it and you say to yourself, like, man, well, um, this team went seven games with the Sixers and they're about to lose in five games to Miami. So it makes it look, I mean, I know it's like, it's hard to compare teams the way they match up, but I'm looking at that this team is too well coached and they have too good of perimeter def defenders. And Jimmy Butler is just too, when he's locked in and engaged and motivated, there's nobody on the court that you want to go up against, at least in the East. So I, I, I feel like it exposes the Sixers' weaknesses more so than anything because 
they got Miami. I mean, they got Boston looking like a play-in team, <laughs> like they do. They look bad. They do. And, and you know, they did show some grit um, yesterday coming back and, and winning game four. But, man, it's like you don't expect that game, the series, to go more than five games. So I look at it like if we're talking about Doc Rivers being fired, right, and they and we're talking about all this other stuff, it just would have been delayed to me a week and a half. Really. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah, well, maybe so. Um, it does look – I do look at it a little differently, as you said, mainly with the East, but, of course, the Jokic piece with Embiid and being the number one seed, but really that head-to-head matchup and, and and bragging rights at the end, finally, without an MVP, just simply talking about a championship with those two. The storyline is there, but to your point of looking at the Eastern Conference, yeah, it may, have been, it may have been inevitable that Doc Rivers did, in fact, lose his job if they got knocked out in the Eastern Conference Finals, but of course, that was something that they were, uh, that was a goal of theirs before getting to the NBA Finals. But looking at, for me, it's really, yes, the perimeter defense, you're absolutely right. How suffering it is, how they're not allowing those same type of shots, how they're smothering Tatum and Brown on the perimeter, not letting Malcolm Brogdon or Marcus Smart or Derek White, even though he had a 25-point game, I think it was 25, in game four to help Boston win, not letting those guys get off. And that's the thing that you look at and you say, okay, well, as good as the Sixers were all season, top 10 defense, there are still some things that they can improve on. And I wonder how much of that will be a focus on the new coach and what type of defense stylistically wise, even if Dan Burke comes back, maybe he wants Dan Burke to tweak a little things, uh, a couple of things to make sure that their perimeter defense is a little better. We saw them get clipped for it a lot this year in the NBA during the regular season, not so much in the Brooklyn series, but a few spots in that Boston series and certainly in the final uh, final five quarters, if you will. Or the two games where they had 15 made threes on Boston side in game six and seven, where the Sixers only made eight on theirs. And that would really be the difference making shots and not making them was why we we're talking about it in the way we're talking about. But looking at Jimmy Butler do what he's doing as a former Sixer, now leading the Heat to three of the last four Eastern Conference finals appearances, Keith, and a chance to get them to a second championship appearance in four seasons. And that does make you look at things with the 76ers a little favorite. But I will say this, with Denver, Los Angeles in the West, uh, Boston and Miami here, we're talking, Keith, we're talking a seven and an eight seed out West getting to the conference finals. We're speaking about a one seed out in the West in Denver, a two seed here in Boston. That's a lot of parity, man. So as much as we look at the Sixers and we have our issues with the things that they did and on their way out, and we look at the window, teams are going to get better next year, for sure. The parity, though, is it kind of there uh, in the NBA where it's still wide open with teams being able to win and certainly the Sixers' window not being closed yet? But I think it's misleading parity, I do. Okay. I mean, because when you look at the Lakers, they have – you know, AD and LeBron, like I know LeBron is 38 years old, but I, but they did make some pretty good changes, right? But I, I look at that as misleading. And when we look at the Western Conference, like I felt like they had, for the most part, like you look at Golden State, you look at the Lakers, um, you know, for the most part, they had like veteran ball clubs, in my opinion, 
where guys were resting up or were injured in the regular season, and they were gearing up for the playoff. Whereas you had teams like Sacramento and 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 uh, and Memphis. Now Memphis did have some injuries, but I felt like at this stage they're more or less regular season squads, like good squads. But it's like, hey, they're like they're excited, you know what I mean? Where the other teams were veteran, being what more well rested. So even though, you know, we're talking about how a low seeded team, a seven seed. I felt like I wasn't shocked that they beat Memphis. Yeah, I just wasn't. You know what I mean? Now, Golden State, that was a good series. But then we also factor in, like, Golden State had some holes. But I wasn't shocked that Golden State beat Sacramento. I mean, so to me, that's different. Now, this uh, Miami team, the funny part about it is, it's like every time, every game, they had, like, at least seven people listed on the injury report. Every game this season, they were just resting dudes. They were doing as much. Now, granted, some of them, they were injuries. But when we look at it, yes, they are the eighth seed, but they were the number one seed a year ago with the same roster. So to me, and and we we know Jimmy Butler from being with Sixers, and think about it, as much as everybody loves him now, there were games in the regular season where people were like, man, what happened to him? Like, wasn't he supposed to be better? And then once the playoffs came, it was playoff Jimmy. So they're another team, in my opinion, an older team, right? Kevin Love had to get him adjusted, right? Kyle Lowry, all this. They're an older team with guys who I felt like they were treading water, just hoping to get to the playoffs and was confident enough to know that they can beat anybody. But at the same time, they um, it almost backfired on them because they almost didn't make it in the play-in. I mean, they almost lost in the play-in. Well, remember they lost to the Hawks in the first. Yeah, they lost to the Hawks, and they yeah, so they almost lost to the they lost to the Hawks, and they almost lost the last game. Yeah, but but I felt like these two teams are different than most seven and eight seeds. I just feel yeah. like it. All right, uh, Chicago was the other team that they played, and they almost blew it, but they moved on. So who knows how things could have been for this season. Right now, they were one win away from the NBA Finals. What does that mean for the Sixers? Well, I know a lot of Sixer fans are very frustrated seeing how Miami is beating up on Boston. We're starting to see those flaws again, Keith, with Joe Mazzulla, uh against Eric Spolstra, huh? Yeah. That, <laughs> that we talked about a lot during that Boston series. All right, man. Uh, yeah, I wonder what my man is doing, what his podcast <laughs> Oh, John, y'all out there yeah. in Boston. Yeah, he's probably yeah. losing his mind talking about those guys. They got to win so he uh, can talk about some more adjustments that they can make. It's not over yet, huh? Well, we'll see uh, because they have to win three more, and that will be four in a row overall. Not impossible, not impossible, but Miami is playing some pretty good basketball. It got them on Tuesday night. We'll see how things go on Thursday night for game number five. Well, Keith, when we come back, we need to talk about, as these teams make adjustments, if James Harden doesn't come back, as we spoke about, Tyrese Maxey, can he be the lead guy to handle the basketball for the 76ers and still have it be effective enough for it to be a positive for this basketball team? We'll get into that next right here on Locked On 76ers. But I got to tell you guys about, uh, as we said it at the top, the uh, sponsor for this episode here on Locked On 76ers, and that's our good friends from Bird Dogs. And the weather is heating up. 
starting to get warm. It's the holiday weekend. So, you, you know, we're going to go to these barbecues and we want to look good and you want to look comfortable and you want to feel, you know, feel like you're a good fit and good comfort, the versatility of what you're wearing out there. And that is through bird dogs. And I, I have some bird dog shorts with the weather warming up. I feel confident going out there and wearing these shorts out there at these get togethers and feeling like I look pretty good in my shorts and having people ask me, where did you get those from? And that's the beauty of it, not just with the upcoming uh, weekend. We've had some good weather days already where I've had the opportunity of wearing these shorts. They're very comfort, comfortable. They're very soft and they fit very well where they're not too short. And they're not too long. You can get them with the size that you feel is best in terms of the length that you prefer as a wear of these shorts. They're uh, they, they stretchy fabric that, you know, makes my legs look pretty good. They're comfier than some of my other shorts that I've had in the past. And I really do recommend they give me the freedom to wear these shorts. Also on the golf course, we have a golf event coming up uh, with the Fanatic. And I'm already believing that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear these shorts out on the golf course as well. And as I mentioned, with the upcoming barbecues and family get togethers that we're going to have. And that's the that's the beautiful thing uh, about it. So going to have these on when I do go to the uh, the, the cookout this, this weekend. I already know that my kids and I, we're going out. I have multiple pairs, so I might be wearing both this weekend as we go do the things uh, that we will. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba and when you enter promo code locked on nba they'll throw in a free custom i showed you this a little bit earlier let me show it to you again bird dogs yeti style tumbler look at that with every order you see the logo right there they even have the logo on the bottom how cool is that look at how creative they are uh with that so make sure you go out check it out again birddogs.com slash locked on nba when you entered promo code locked on nba they'll throw in the custom Yeti style bird dogs tumbler that I just showed you with every order. And as we speak about that, you know, I'm big on sneakers and all that stuff. Got to match my sneakers with my shorts. Perfect. They go perfect with my bird dog shorts. So you go out there, get yours. Trust me. Again, very comfortable, uh, very fit. They're versatile. You can wear them a lot of different ways. You really enjoy them. Let me know what you think too. Get back at me. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll talk a little bit more about the Sixers and their offseason and some things that they have going on uh, with this organization. Maybe we'll have an update on the coach as well. All right, Keith, Tyrese Maxey, we saw him running the point guard position in the 21-22 campaign before the James Harden trade went down. And he did a pretty good job. I I'll say so myself. He did a pretty good job as the uh, lead ball handler with Ben Simmons out. No James Harden. The Sixers were still a pretty good basketball team. They just took it to another level and took him off ball. Uh, in order for them to, if they move on from James Harden, how confident are you that Tyrese Maxey can still be that type of guy at the point guard position for the Sixers? You know what? I, I, you know what? I, I think that um, I like Tyrese Maxey better off the ball, like maybe handling a little bit, but I feel like his game right now and his maturation has shown that he's more impactful you know a little bit of a combo guard but i feel like he's more impactful as a as a two guard right mm -hmm. that's just my opinion i mean because when you look at it 
he, his game is predicated to getting out on the open floor, um, doing a lot of other things like getting layups. As a point guard of this team, especially a point guard when you're playing with Joel Embiid, your number one job has to be to get Joel Embiid the ball. And I feel like that restricts a lot of the things that Maxi is good at. I don't like it for him. And I think back to before James Harden came on board, we remember how it used to be. It used to be one of those things where Maxi would dribble the ball up the court, he would pass the ball to Tobias, and they would run the offense through Tobias, and Max would be off on the side in the corner and stuff like that. You know, I, I just – not to say that he can't make that maturation and do it, but he's not a true point guard. And I feel like at his best as, his, his, his best attribute is getting out there, being free, looking for his own shot, going downhill, I feel like, honestly, that that will set him back a little bit in his maturation as a ball player. The one thing that we did see this this past season, especially in the playoffs, where they decided to give him the ball and let he and Embiid run a lot of stuff. Game five, they were big on that in Boston, Keith, where he and he and Embiid were able to play off of each other, and he had a lot of success doing it that way. And in today's NBA, also, Keith, how many true pure point guards are there in the NBA? Right. Chris Paul, you look at him, you talk about him being a pure point guard. James Harden showed that when he's focused on being the distributor the way that he was, he can lead that way. Even Tyrese Halliburton, who Keith was the number two assist leader at the end of the year in the NBA, he was a scoring guard that assisted the basketball on a not so great team. De'Aaron Fox, who we talk about that, is he a pure point guard? Not really. Seth, Steph Curry, same thing. And you go around and around. Kyrie Irving, we know how dynamic he is with the basketball, scoring and all that. So I wonder with the way the NBA is played now, as long as you have the right pieces, anyone can bring the ball up. As long as he can get it across half court, initiate the offense, get the ball back with under uh, right around 14, 15 seconds where you can still run the plays, the sets that needed to be run. He could still, I wonder if he could still be that guy, that maturation, that development in year number four with a new coach that maybe has a different idea of what he needs to do as that type of ball handler. I wonder if that's something that we will see if James Harden does leave. They'll bring in somebody, and I would imagine they want somebody with size, Keith, in the backcourt with them if they do something like that. I don't know how they get him. I don't know if it's through a sign and trade with Houston if Harden goes back to Houston or they go elsewhere, involve a third team. I have no clue. But – I wonder if that is the case. Of course, speaking hypothetically, if they do, in fact, want somebody bigger in the backcourt with him with some size some defense that could take some of the pressure off of him that way, where he can, in fact, run the offense on the other end in the way that I just talked about. Yeah, I just think that it's better off like him as I get it. And he did. They did do some stuff against Boston. But that was more so to get James off the ball because they were like James was a, he was. He was struggling, you know what I mean? And it was yeah. better getting him off the ball in space. But I get it, but I just – I think if I'm Tyrese Maxey and, yes, you want the ball and you want to have – you know, you want to have a prominent role, but I feel like he made a major leap this year as 
the secondary ball handler while out there. And when we look at it, when they had him, when they had him coming off the bench, a lot of times he had to handle the ball and he struggled a little bit. You know what I mean? Turnovers, this and that. I get it. You know, great player, good player. Um, but I, I just feel as if that, I don't know, if I'm him, I want to be in the best situation for me to have a positive impact on the team. And me, his having a positive impact on the team is is kind of sort of like getting out in space. Like the way that I would refer to it is, is and I hate to say this, but let's just say he's a five-star wide receiver but your team doesn't have a quarterback. So they like, yo, we know you're going to go to college and play wide out and you're going to be that man, but we don't have a quarterback. So we need you to run the wishbone <laughs> as the quarterback. You're going to do good, but you know, you're going to go this and that. And I feel like that's what it is for him running the one when he's more of a, and then I know we call it a combo, but he's more of like a score, get out, do what you got to do as opposed to get over there, get over there. Cause when you play with Joel, let's be real. Your option. Number one option isn't to score as a point guard. It's to make sure that he gets his shots. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I I get what you're saying, but I I like him better as (laughs) off the ball. I do. Okay, this is going to be interesting to see who the new coach is, what type of offense they run, how creative again they do in fact get, and see if Maxi eventually has to take that role over once again if Harden does not come back. If Harden does not come back. Final segment on the other side, we got to talk about some of the free agents that are on the 76ers roster, including James Harden, along with a few others. Who's back? Who should be back? Who should move on? We'll get into those next right here on the final segment on this Wednesday, Locked On 76ers. Let's talk about FanDuel, right? So what you need to do is you need to make your fast break to FanDuel, right? You make your fast break to FanDuel, especially during the NBA playoffs. This is when everything is like, you know, pretty good, locked up, doing what you got to do. So what you do is you get your first no sweat, first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back on bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win, right? So there is no better place at all all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, a official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back. Locked on 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens with you here on Locked on 76ers. Keith, free agents for the 76ers. We haven't talked much about that because the domination of the head coaching thing with Doc Rivers, the James Harden piece has really taken over and the Boston Celtics being down 3-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals has also been a big piece because of the Sixers just playing them and losing the game seven. We haven't talked much about the players that, that were, are going to be free. So let's just jump into them really quickly here. And I want to get your thoughts on who you feel like could be back, could not be back. James Harden piece you already talked about. So, I mean, 
there's a chance he's back. There's also a chance he goes to Houston. We talked about him. We dedicated time to him. But let's move on to a few other important pieces. Let's start off with George Niang. George Niang, two-year deal, played out with the Sixers. You know he can shoot the basketball, struggles defensively against certain matchups, and can get played off the floor in that sense where they have to make coaching adjustments up to whether he's going to play or not. Uh, wouldn't be a lot of money, Keith, like two years. I think it was like two years, six million for his first two years here. Uh, combined as far as his numbers went uh, would you look to bring George Niang back Sixers always talk about having shooting around Joel Embiid we know that the guy can shoot is George Niang a person that you would like to see back with the 76ers yeah I would I would I mean you know I, I think George is a great addition um like his shooting now the one thing is he can become a liability at times and on the defensive end and and especially in the playoffs right but when you look at the Sixers, how they are financially and stuff like that, and you look at it and you say to yourself, are there a lot of players that I can get for the money that he was making? And then you also have his bird rights and this and that. So to me, it seems like your best option is to bring him back. I mean, it is. Now, again, you got to live with um, there's going to be certain times where he's going to be attacked in the defensive end. But the thing about George, he tries, man. He goes out there and he tries and he does what he can. But his sharp shooting won several games for him this year. Like, and there's a crazy stat, like, like their record when he makes X amount of threes in a game. So with that being said, I would definitely bring George Niang back. I would too. I would too. Um, and, and, you know, if they have more pieces on the bench, maybe he's not thrust into certain situations. You know he can play in the regular season. Uh, the postseason, he can certainly that shooting is is still very valuable. Uh, the question is defensively, can he play against certain ones? But he's a vet; he knows how to play and knows how to play in certain situations. I would too champion a return for George Niang. What two years again? Contract? No, no big deal. Come back, still be a part of this team. Uh, Jalen McDaniels. They made the trade after moving on from Matisse Thybulle, sending him to Portland. Keith Jalen McDaniels comes to Philadelphia via Charlotte. Didn't get a lot of time in the playoffs outside of Brooklyn because by game three of the Boston series, Doc Rivers had had enough. He had seen enough and he took him off the floor and we never saw him again. Um, he's a free agent. I would bring him back because I still think there's something there. Young, long, athletic wings are very important. And defensively, as you talked about, closing out and finishing things out on the perimeter with their perimeter defense, there's still value there. New coach also coming in. I wonder how much they would like or not like Jalen McDaniels, but the front office is still here and they made the move. I would bring Jalen McDaniels back. I don't know what his numbers would look like, but I would look to bring him back if the numbers worked out, if there was still the mutual interest. How about you? Yeah, I would bring him back. You know, I mean, the thing is, though, if Doc was still the coach, if I was him, I wouldn't want to come back, right? You know what I mean? Just because, yep. Yep. like, you know, here we go. You know, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not playing me. So like, why would I want to come back to a place where I'm not valued to play in the playoffs? So that's kind of like, you know, guys, they want to get paid and they also want to play. So yeah, I would definitely bring this guy back. Um, especially because, you know, he could be a solid, you look at as a solid three and D guy, another addition that you have, I mean, there are certain things where I feel like he needs to work on. But, yeah, I would definitely bring this guy back um, next, next year. Now
Now, the the one thing about it is, like you said, he's a um, a, a free agent. They do have his bird rights, right? So it's, it's one of those things where he can go elsewhere. Um, and I'm looking at it. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not a restricted guy, so he could go elsewhere. Yeah, he can. But yeah. 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 But I would try. Now, the thing is, he's probably going to demand some money. And he's going to get some interest. <laughs> but, um, I would try. He's going huh? to have interest elsewhere, I think. Yeah. 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 No question. All right. Uh, we move on to a longtime sixer, and that would be Shake Milton, uh, Keith. been in the, He's been around for a while. Seemed like, uh, what, five, five, six years he's been around with the Sixers? And he's a free agent now and he was on what a one-year deal a year ago he signed a one-year deal to return to play with the 76ers did a tremendous job filling in when both Harden and Maxi were out he and Melton together held things down keeping them afloat uh that one stretch with a the 12 games or 14 games where Harden was out they were eight and six and Shake can still score we know in the league uh but uh, once the playoffs came shortened rotation we didn't see him anymore that's how it happens in the NBA. We know that. Shake Milton, Keith, would you look to bring them back? And, of course, we know with all of this stuff, they don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So um, have- I think that's – well. like, I, I don't know if I'm bringing Shake back. Um, you know what? You can. He made, what, one – he made, like, what, less than $2 yeah. million. Um, You know, they, they have his bird rights. Um, but – if I'm shake, if if I'm shake, I want out. Yeah. I want the first things smoking yeah. out of him. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, if you're Shake Milton, you proved your worth when everybody was injured this season and you came in there and he was phenomenal. Like when when Maxi was out, Harden was out, Embiid was out, Shake Milton showed what he could do. And then all of a sudden, like he just comes out of the game and stops playing. He's no longer in a rotation. If I'm Shake Milton, I'm seriously, people got tape on me, I'm going elsewhere. And I'm going somewhere where I'm going to play. Seriously. I mean, the team could be rebuilding. They could be doing whatever. I'm going somewhere where I can play. So uh, Because there's no saying that Shake won't, the same thing won't happen to Shake here next year. Even with the new you know, coach. So if I'm, you know, regardless, like, I'm, if I'm him, is a sour taste in my mouth. I just got to go. I'm out. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Long long enough in the league and it hasn't worked out the way he's wanted it to. I get it. I, I would get it. Um, I would look to bring him back again, maybe on a one-year deal, see what the other coach likes. But if he can get something more long-term, I understand that. Go get your money. Go get your playing opportunity and put yourself in a better situation for sure. And uh, finally, Keith. Paul Reed, man, restricted free agent, the primary backup to Joel Embiid. We've seen him develop and do some really good things. He still does some things that he has to correct, but he's a young player. Paul Reed, he is your primary backup. No need to let him walk out the door. Nah, he has to say, I think you got to let Paul Reed stay. He's he's going to be, I mean, first of all, you know, he has the resume. Uh, when I'm talking about G League Rookie of the Year, G League MVP, you know, Paul has only gotten better. Um, you know, Paul heck, Paul helped them win game four against the Brooklyn Nets. A couple other games, Paul came in and did some phenomenal game things. Game one against Boston. 
Yeah, game one against Boston. I mean, Doc Rivers like had a quick hook on him in the in the in the second round. But a lot of times it was like, yo, let the dude play. Like I felt like get out there. But again, you get it. You got Joel and B. You want him to throw on the floor as much as possible. But Paul is uh he wasn't the reason behind why they lost. You know what I mean? I felt like he was a great, great performer. Yeah, he's coming back. He's coming yeah. back. It, it may. I'm bringing yeah. him back. Dwayne Dedman, see you later. We agree on that one. Uh yeah, I mean, if I'm Dwayne, I, I, Dwayne, like, you know, the thing about Dwayne thing, I felt like Dwayne could have helped him, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard when you don't get opportunities and you've been out there sitting for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, then when you get in, finally get in, like, what do you expect him to do? He's not playing. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I would imagine he would just want to leave anyway. And yeah. Montrezl Harrell has a player option on his second year uh, on that deal. Daniel House has another year left as well. And uh, that's that's why we didn't bring those two up. Looks like they'll be back, at least in terms of if they pick up the option in Montrez Harrell's case uh, for this team. So, all right, that'll do it for us, Keith. We appreciate everybody for checking in. Thank you, man. As always, thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll dive into some more offseason things with the 76ers as we get together with you for uh, Thursday. Keith, you mind letting the good folks know where they could find us? Yeah, you, I'm in the dark, but you can okay. find my man D. You can find my man D from 6 to 10 on 97.5 FM radio. You can also follow him on um, on Twitter at DevonG975, right? So then you can, like, listen to our podcast. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast at. When you go to our YouTube channel, make sure you click on the Liberty Bell and you become a new subscriber and you get notified when we get new uh, podcasts. But you can also follow me in in the Philadelphia Inquirer. That's inquirer.com. And I'll have articles about the Sixers. Absolutely. Well, listen, Keith, thanks, man. Appreciate it as always, even if you are in the dark. Uh, actually, on the YouTube, you have a, it's like a still shot of you. So you're still there. You're not in the dark, in the dark like we've seen in the past. And and there's that. Keith, have a great rest of your day, man. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you later. Deuces. Peace.